Hello, hello, hello. I am your chef, Kwame Onwache, a hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth! In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good, show you how to Oh, oh God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the most is Munoz. And y'all, it is hotter than someone's nether regions after one of them hot vinyasa week-long workshops in New York City. I am not here for it. And I am like a sun and summer baby. But this like New York like heat wave that keeps coming in and out of my life. It's just not cute, y'all. It's not cute. I have a secret to tell you, y'all. I have a secret to tell y'all. Yours truly may have taken a little hiatus and gone to Mexico to enjoy a little sun, sand, and relaxation. Because you know what? A bitch needed a break and... Oh my God, it was just so joyous and so lovely and so beautiful And you know what? Just to have like a travel moment after, you know, post-pandemia, post-panini of it all. And you know what? Just to be just to be out and vaccinated and with the people and on a beach. It was really soothing and really, you know what? Just everything I needed and um, especially after Pride Month. Because, Lord, we know that pride kills a bitch. But as always, we have a lot to get to today, and I am really, really, really excited for yet another gay liberty to join me today on the podcast. So without further ado, please help me welcome the one, the only, the chef himself, Will Coleman. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be on the podcast today, Michael. I love your show, and we're going to have a good time today, so let's get into it. 
we are, and we shall get into it. Yes. In your mouth, listeners, I met Will a few weeks back when a uh, friend to the pod, sis, Grossi Pelosi, did a collaboration with Edward uh, Massey from Ed- Eddie's Grocer, who have both been on the podcast. Go back and listen to their episodes. They're really, really great episodes. They did a collab at Eddie's Grocer. And it was really, really delicious. All the kids came out to support. The food was fabulous. The food was really, really good. Yes. Right? Yes, it was. <clears throat> I ate everything. I mean, I spent all the money in support, obviously. In support. But it, you have to. But yes, that, that's one thing. To support the kids and support the fam and support the community. Absolutely. But... We're not lying. The food was real, really good. The food was good. And I'm like a kind of, I'm not a picky eater, but I cannot stand bad food. Um, so, I, I mean, the food was good. Dan knew what he was doing. Eddie knew what he was doing. They did a great job. Yeah. I mean, I also got some of like the pickled turnips, mm-hmm. the hummus. That the- grocery store was literally beautiful. They had everything you can think of when it came to like Middle Eastern cooking. Absolutely. That and things you're like, oh, well, it's just not feta cheese. It's marinated feta cheese. And so it's just like next level. So yes, that- we're eating elevated foods only on 2021. Hello. Hello. Because why? We are worth it and deserve it. Yes. Well, well, you know what? Before we go anywhere in the grand tradition of In Your Mouth, I need to wish you Happy National Grand Marnier Day! Grand Marnier Day? I can get behind that one right there. (laughs) I just had a lot of tequila last night with my pineapple margaritas, so Grand Marnier was definitely in the picture. So it's a great day. It really, really is a great day. I love a Grand Marnier substitute for the triple sec in... In margaritas. Always know? a good moment. Always a good hey, moment. So that means today's Grand Marriott Day. So that means today's going to be an excellent day for me. Absolutely. Do you know like where Grand Marnier came from? I, no, I do not. Is there like a bunch of history behind it? I'm sure there, there is. And, and we're not going to dive too deep. But Grand Marnier is, um, you know, an orange flavored liqueur created in 1880 by Alexander Marnier Lapistole. Right, okay. it's made from cognac brandy, distilled essence of bitter orange and sugar. But according to their website, Grand Marnier's first distillery was built in 1827 by Jean Baptiste Lapastole in a small city of something I can't pronounce. Uh, <laughs> his granddaughter Julia married Louis Alexander Marnier in 1876, and Louis. four years. And four years later, the Marniers released a signature cognac with Caribbean bitter orange. Yes, the Caribbean. But the interesting fact here is that Caesar Ritz reportedly came up with the name Grand Marnier for Marnier Lapastole, who in return helped him purchase and establish the Hotel Ritz Paris. Mm, So there's a connection behind that, Dan. I didn't know there was a connection between the two. And then Grand Marnier was only served at the Ritz Hotel as well as the Savoy Hotel. We love exclusivity. Yes, hello, the gaiety of it all. Just yes. the homo- the pure homosexuality. Yes. <laughs> Exclusive at the Ritz Carlton. Only exclusivity for you, the the elite of the Ritz Carlton. Right, right. I love that there's a food holiday for literally everything. I'm curious to who's making these food holidays. I want to get behind it for sure. Why do you um, think it is? I don't know. I Maybe to... 
sell more products, maybe to get people more excited about things. I don't know, but I'm totally behind it because why not just celebrate random foods on random days? I'm totally here for it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you uh, until it's like National Panooch Day, right. whatever that is. or National Astronaut Food Day. Like, yes. <laughs> oh my God. There used to be a store here in New York City called 2000 Space Odyssey. Somewhere down in St. Mark's Place, my brother and I used to go, and we used to buy the astronaut food, like the astronaut dehydrated ice cream mm-hmm. and everything. Yes. Wow. Like just... expo- they they explode in your mouth. I, those, and astronaut food and, like, the baby little puffs, those are, like, two weird foods that I'm like, I'll eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat it if it's around. Why not? You know what? Put that in your mouth. Put that in your mouth. Hello. Well, no matter what you celebrate today, I want to wish you all out there happy National Grand Marnier Day. And moving right along into this day in gay history, Will, did you know that California Governor Jerry Brown in 2011 signs the Fair, Accurate, Inclusive, and Respectful Education Act? Also known Come on, as the- Jerry Brown. The Fair Come on, Act. Jerry Brown. Hello, I Shad- that, Jerry Brown. Yes, the new law mandates that educational material in California schools includes information on the contributions of LGBTQ people to California and the United States history, prohibits discriminatory material and lessons, and adds sexual orientation to existing laws that prohibit discrimination in education. Yes, because our history deserves to be told, regardless of the classroom. Our history deserves to be told. What's that song? Oh, I get a kick out of you. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Sorry, I am an old homosexual from way back. (laughs) We need it. We need it, though. We need a little bit of variety in the game. Right? Absolutely. Well, shout out to you, Jerry Brown, on this day in gay history. And, I mean, like, why isn't why is it like LGBTQ history just taught? Exactly. Why isn't that just the automatic thing? But California has a down pack to hope the rest of the 49 states get it down as well. Uh, that is unless Caitlyn Jenner gets elected. Yes. But that's Caitlyn a whole... Jenner, please stop. Just please, please stop. Please, please, stop. please stop. We want to support you, but we can't not. I want to, but you can't. She's, she's getting crazy with the mouth. Yeah. Well, I mean, she always has been. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes, we're just but, we're just hearing it more. But that's but that's a whole nother podcast yes, and a whole nother topic for another time. But another I want to get to the getting on in your mouth, listeners. If you don't already know Will Coleman, and you probably already do, Will Coleman is not only a chef and digital producer, focusing on infusing American cuisines with Southern and global avenues. But also is an entrepreneur, food writer, recipe developer, cookbook author, and even had his own cooking show and has his own spice line. Hello. It's probably easier to list what Will doesn't do in the food world than what he does at this point. Based in Brooklyn, New York, Will spends time experiencing and writing about all things food and culture. Besides being obsessed with Jenny's ice cream, he is an advocate for flaky salt and hot sauce on almost everything. Yes, I'm a multifaceted bitch. I mean, I love <laughs> I love doing everything with food. I love people. I love culture. I don't know. I just love good food and good at the time. The, can that be the name of this episode? Yes. I'm a multifaceted bitch. <laughs> 
absolutely. <laughs> that I think that sums up who I am completely. Oh my god! Why Jenny's ice cream, flaky salt, and hot sauce? And can we put all three together? I would. I'm not putting all three together because let me tell you, Jenny's ice cream is the best ice cream I've ever had because it tastes like it's homemade, and it, it, it is homemade. The flavors are like out of this world. It's not your basic chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. She's doing some epic things with the ice cream, flaky salt. I feel extra bougie when I put on everything. I have a very fine palette, as most gays do. Um, and flaky sauce just adds an extra mm to it. And hot sauce is because I'm black and I'm country and I'm from Detroit. And it has to be Frank's. I love hot sauce on everything. The chicken, the catfish, the biscuits, everything. Uh, it has to be Frank's. I love that. Um, so Jenny's Ice Cream, not a sponsor. Maybe a sponsor of yours. But shout out to you. I don't think I've had Jenny's Ice Cream um, but the, I they have to- like little they have little stores around the country, but there's no stores in New York, but you can find it like at Delis. Yeah, I've stores. seen it, right? It's mm-hmm. that pretty script. Yeah, I know exactly what it looks like. Shout out to Frank's friend of mine, right? But still not yet, not a sponsor, but you know, to use they it. They can it, be. It, yep, in their own <laughs> words, I put that shit on everything. 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 Listen, FYI, Ursula. Ursula, the bitch of the air conditioner, has still yes. stolen my voice, by the way. So she's still going through it with La Voce <laughs> over here. <laughs> right? My my throat and my air conditioner do not get along. They're ready to fight every time you wake up in the morning. He's ready yes. to fight. Every, every MF time. Oh, my God. I love all of that. Where did this love of cooking come from? Honestly, I grew up seeing my mom cook all the time and, like, entertaining in the kitchen. And I just saw that people would get so excited with food on the table. And I love making people excited. I used to always do magic shows. I used to play teacher. I used to do little plays at home. I was all about entertaining. And once I found that I could entertain plus have good food in the picture, I was all down for it. And also, I have a very, I don't know, I have a big palate. I can't do the frozen meals. I can't do the canned foods. And my mom would, like, leave me at home sometimes by myself when I had school, and that was the only options. And I wasn't eating that. And I didn't have money to go outside and buy food. I was I was a kid. So I had to do what I had, the scraps of what I had at home. And I just had to make something that was delicious and easy and affordable. And that's how I fell in love with food and entertaining. Wow. Wow. Yes. So what's, like, your earliest, like, food memory? Um, I would say burning the bottom of my mom's nonstick skillets and her being super upset about it <laughs> at first. I was never really a really good cook when I first started because I was just experimenting with things. I would put anything together. I just saw things that I enjoyed and I wondered if they can go together. And most of the time, they did not go together. I used to like mix things like bacon and maple syrup and all these different weird things just to get flavors going. Um, but once I was in the kitchen more and more and more, I think some of my most happiest memories is just bringing my, my mom dinner after a long day of work and her like saying, wow, this is good. Make sure you clean the kitchen up, but this is really good. Good job. I don't know. Those are like some of my earliest memories growing up and, you know, cooking good food with my mom and whatnot. That's that's really, really funny. Yes. Uh, to that, to my that, mom is sassy. Yes, so is mine. To that... Uh, the biggest lesson I've ever learned from my mom, because when I first started cooking, I was a hot mess, hot mess. As, was, as was the kitchen, and she would throw a fit. A fit, a because fit. that's her kitchen. You're in her kitchen messing up her space. Exactly. And the most important lesson I ever learned in the kitchen to this day, you got to clean as you go. Clean as you go. Yes, absolutely. I, I wrote a song about it. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear ASAP. Well, what do you think? Shout out to our moms for teaching us that essential skill because after you get done eating and cooking all that food, the last thing you want to do is clean up. You want to go lay down or do something else other than bang in the kitchen. So shout out to the moms for that. And we didn't have a dishwasher. 
I didn't either. We have, we have one sometimes, but we store things in it. That too. When we finally got a dishwasher, it was storage. Yes. Never to be used. Never to be used. Ever. Because the, my mom thinks that the dishwasher doesn't clean things As all well. the way. Yes. And I, <laughs> I still kind of carry that on. I have a dishwasher in my New York apartment now, and I store Tupperware in it. I mean, the dishwasher is not going to do the same job to me. As it does if you're scrubbing those boys by your hand. Absolutely. I remember, you know, growing up we had chores. And one of my chores were I had to do the dishes. and I would Hand washing. Hand wash, <laughs> scour the pots, you know. Yes. Put them in the, put them in the drying rack and she'd come over and inspect. And it would all mm-hmm. go right Because it's always an inspection. Because those dishes are not about to make it to the uh, pantry or like the... You know, the, the cupboards, yeah, the cupboards if they're not clean, and the stove better be clean too. Absolutely clean. No, not even a grease, not even a grease, uh, like you know, a grease uh, streak. Traumatizing, traumatizing. It's it's absolutely traumatizing, <laughs> but in the best of all possible ways because you yes. know why? My dishes, my dishes, and my stovetop are clean because I cannot stand a dirty kitchen. So when I love walking to somebody's house and they have a clean kitchen. Kudos to you. Or watch somebody cook and make, like, the most giant mess ever. Right? And then to another point you made about putting weird foods together. Growing up, right, because we were latchkey kids, too. And Mm. I'd get home from school and there'd be, like, you know, typical, like, young, like, kid snacks. Like chicken tenders and all that stuff, yeah. Or... No, we weren't allowed to, like, touch the oven or anything. Okay. But, like, they were, like, you know, handy snacks, like, mm-hmm. cheese and crackers or, like, Chips Ahoy. Like, You're in there chip. making charcuterie boards with cheese and Ritz crackers. <laughs> ba- basically, because there was always more cheese than there were crackers in the cheese and crackers. And so I was, like, I need another vessel to put this on. Oh, here's a chocolate chip Chips mm-hmm. Ahoy cookie. And mm-hmm. I was eating that handy snacks cheese with the chocolate chip cookies. Yes. Thinking about it now, I really can recall that flavor. It sounds gross, but you eat, you charcu- it, you eat charcuterie boards. It's yeah. the salty cheese, the chocolate, and the cheese, and the sweet. But honestly, is it really gross? Because you're really experimenting with different flavor profiles. You got, you could say, a salty, sweet, sour. You got a umami flavors going on all the time when you're in the kitchen as a kid. Do you remember yeah. those little crackers with the um, spreadable cheese that you dipped in? Like those little... You yeah, that, the cheese. That, the handy snacks ones. That's, yeah. what, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. That's the those cheese I would put on um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, those Chips Ahoy cookies. Those are the OG charcuterie boards for you. Hello. Hello. Don't forget or, where you came from, Michael. As, or as the internet is calling those charcuterie boards these days, shark coochie boards. Shark coochie. <laughs> let, let me get a shark coochie with a side of Chip Ahoy's. No. <laughs> <laughs> So you find this love of cooking, right, at an early age. What prompts you to start this journey of, like, really diving deep into the culinary realm? Yeah, I think for me, like, when I was in school, I was never really the best student. Like, I couldn't see myself being a doctor or a lawyer or engineer, any of the basic things that my friends wanted to do. And mind you, they're not basic. They're making tons of coin for those folks. But I just didn't find myself interested at all, really, at the things I was learning in school. And then my freshman year of high school, I had my first like cooking class in high school. My teacher really showed me that I could have a career out of food and I can make money out of it. So ever since then, I was like, you know, just experimenting with different ways to make money. And like, because I in college and in high school, I always had a job. I always had money on me, you know. So I just had to figure out ways that I can make money. 
I could enjoy what I was doing. I could make people happy and I could make myself happy. Um, and food was always the center of my life growing up. So it was all about experimenting and, you know, testing out the rain and seeing what can I do that, you know, brings me fulfillment and also can bring me a career that's fun. Yeah. I love that you said testing out the rain. Yes. Testing yeah. out the rain because it's not going to always be a good day. So yeah. make the best out of what you can. Yeah. I've never heard that. Testing out the rain. Sorry, I, I'm just. We, I'm we can literally make, we can make t-shirts. We got, we're gonna make our um, own merch with that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. You already got the merch, as do I, right? Yes. <laughs> you gotta have merch. Have people rocking your stuff. Yeah, but sit and absorb that in your mouth, listeners, for like a second. Testing Test out, out the testing rain. out the rain. You know what I? Uh, this is what I love about just you know connecting with all these all these queer food people is that. The insight provided whilst on the journey is 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 sometimes and more often than not really profound. Testing mm-hmm. out the rain now, yeah. right? Because I hate the rain. Yeah, right. But you, sometimes you have to you have to be in it. Sometimes that you, you have really to, you have to do be in the rain to get where you're going. Right? Or or if you're a K Michelle fan, can you taste the rain? <laughs> can you taste the rain? <laughs> No, it's just so right, though, that our journeys as, as gay creatives, it's you're really making your own way. You're finding out your own things because people are really writing and telling the stories and showing you how to do it. So you are creating your own path. You're creating your own journey. Yeah. And I mean, listen, this I, I often say the podcast led me. I didn't lead the podcast at this point. Right. And as far it's as always out of your control, you never know what's going to happen. You have to yeah. As opposed to creating our own journey. And, you know, this platform is as much mine as it is yours at this at this point, uh, because we don't have a space for our voices. We right? don't know. Because why we've had to create our own journey. Yes. We are but under- it's up to us now to pass, you know, pass the torch to future generations that are doing what we want to do. So now they have more resources than we did. So we're doing a great job at this. Yeah, absolutely. We always talk or I always talk. We the royal we always talk on this pod about why representation matters and Mm -hmm. you seem to be doing a lot of work in that field, you know, with just, you know, honing black chefs and being that representation yourself. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, growing up, I, like, I didn't watch cartoons. I always watched the Food Network in my grandmother's kitchen. Like, I saw Paula Deen, Rachel Ray, Bobby Flay, all the, you know, all the, you know, people that are the classics <laughs> to what it is. But, yeah, you know, they're, they're white they're white men or white um, women, and they're not really doing the job for me when it comes to representation. So I knew that I wanted to have a career in food, which meant that I had to do start doing it myself because no one was going to do it for me. And I knew that I couldn't be the only person in the world that liked food and wanted to do media. So I just wanted to start paving the way for other people that look like me and talk like me and from similar neighborhoods as me um, to show them that it's actually possible to chase a dream in food and media while being, you know, queer, while being um, POC, um, because it's not it's not just for the white folks. It's for everybody. Food is for everyone and everyone has a story to tell. So I thought that sharing my story first would inspire others to share their stories. And it's so beautiful to see folks, you know, chasing their dreams that wouldn't be inspired to do so otherwise if they didn't see, you know, someone else in the rain doing it. Uh, absolutely. Bring it right back to the rain. Bring it back to the uh, rain. Bring it back to the rain. Um, you know what's so great? Is that, you know, connecting with all these people in your mouth listeners, and I say it more often than not, that, like, 
you see the journey, you see the glow up, you see the representation here, but why is mainstream media, especially mainstream food media, so underrepresented when it comes Mm -hmm. to not only uh, people of color, but, and all people of color, but um, also LGBTQ people because we are the tastemakers. People of color are the tastemakers. Asian people, black people, Latino people are the tastemakers, right? Because Mm -hmm. you know what Rachel Ray and Reed Drummond are making? They're making our food. Yes. Quesadillas, (laughs) fried chicken, right? We are are the blueprints. We're the blueprint for everything. Hello, right? Rachel Ray has, and no shade to Rachel Ray, right? Because she's very successful in what she does. And, you know, she has her own, like, vain, great. Um, But she's making baked mac and cheese, though. And she's making like make your own takeout. She's making chicken and broccoli. Yeah, with fish yes. sauce and right. and things. She's making pozole. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, have you seen that video of like Mexican moms watch Rachel Ray make pozole? Yes, I love all that whole series of like Mexican moms like either tasting things or watching things. Their reactions are always top tier, and that's exactly what I'm feeling when I watch things like that. Um, but the people who are in the chairs making the decisions are not like us, but they want you know, to taste the things that we, we create. So it's up to us to really take back our story and take back our recipes and take back our food and, you know, tell those stories because we deserve to tell those stories. It's our stories. It's our food. It's our recipes. Um, so I, we are doing what we have to do to take it back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in your mouth, listeners, I, wa- I want to make it clear in saying that I'm not saying that Reed Drummond can't make a quesadilla, right? Because yes, anybody quesad- can make a quesadilla. Que- quesadillas are for everyone. Quesadillas are delicious. Rachel Ray yes. can't, of course, can certainly make some chicken and broccoli or some pozole. But you can't sit there. I got so angry the other day watching Reed Drummond, right, um, make sheet pan quesadillas like she invented them. <laughs> like she I have in- a special tip just for you. <laughs> yep. Like she... In- I was livid and incensed like she invented it mm-hmm. and it's like great like you know uh, i'm puerto rican we don't make quesadillas um but like if if we did like my family probably would make quesadillas different than the next puerto rican family right Absolutely. every christmas there's a grand co- coquito fight on who makes the best coquito great but there's a there's a sense of giving tribute to something and giving mm-hmm. tribute to the culture as opposed to being like, look at this thing I invented. There's a big difference because you're taking ownership of something that has nothing to do with you. Exactly. It's about a show appreciation, not appropriation. And there's a fine line in between the two. Um, and oftentimes people don't do their homework when it comes to doing that. So shame on them. Shame on them. Right. And it's all about the quick and easy. And you know what? It can, it can be about the quick and easy, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's all about you have to do is where you got the resources from and, and inspiration from. Yeah. Just be like, you know what? This is this and this is what's happening. And we know a lot of things are happening at the border wall. And like, there's a tribute. And, or you, we don't even have to get that deep. I just took it next level. Right. <laughs> right. We got to do all that. But it's really the simple things that people neglect to do. And um, it, it, it makes a terrible impression on their food and recipes. Something that I'm making. I'm not making her. 15-minute sheet pan quesadillas. I won't be indulging in that one, Reed Drummond. <laughs> no, no, I won't. I will I will not. I will not. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, though. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Oh, my God, Will. And I appreciate you. And I want to take a quick break right now because this is so good, right? But um, I just want to take it next level because I think you're going to be really, really fabulous. 
on my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of oh the podcast. God, I'm excited. I'm excited. What is it? A little something we like to call... Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Food news update! Yes, yes. Food news! Ooh, honey, you ain't red, girl! Spill the tea! Heineken has a beer robot and it may take over your life and the world while serving you beer. What? Wait, hold on now. We're we're really in the future. What's going on with that? <laughs> Listen, robots are taking over the world, but if it's at least going to ser- serve me liquor, right. right? While it tries to kill me? I'm okay I mean, with it. I love a nice libation. We can do that. That's a fair trade-off. <laughs> well, I may have changed the headline, but this article comes from the takeout.com. Thank you to the takeout.com reporting on this. Heineken has just released BOT, bot, the Beer Outdoor Transporter, uh, in an all-new like 40-second YouTube video. And this robot, which you can win on the line very shortly... Um, is a charming a has a charming AI personality where it will follow you around. You can beckon it. It won't fall into the pool, and it carries like a case of beer or something like that at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that that's great. Do I want a robot following me around everywhere I go at my pool party? Absolutely not. But I mean, why not? Why not have it in your life if you want? If you want it, <laughs> right? I mean... <laughs> How much is the robot going for? Did they release the price for that? No. So basically, uh, you had a chance to win this in a sweepstakes uh, via Heineken. And the ultimate winner just wins the robot itself. And okay. obviously, beer to go along with it. Right? Yeah. I put some beer and maybe some like seltzers for those yeah. that don't love maybe, the beer. Maybe just not the beer. We can, add, we can upgrade it to something else, too. Well, you know what? Listen, no shade to Heineken, but like when I do dry months, like dry Januarys or whatnot, I still want to go out to the gay bars. And you know what it is? It's almost like cigarette smoking. You know how like people addicted to cigarettes, like it's about mm-hmm. the sensation. It's a casual. It's, just, it's, just it's about the sensation the of holding it. Well, mm-hmm. Heineken also released a long time ago, Double uh, Zero, basically non-alcoholic Heineken. Oh, okay. So you just... Yeah, that's a nice. And I realized, I realized, right? Because I'm not a huge beer lover, but I realized if I was drinking water at the at the bar, like I down it and then put it down and then like have the longing to like want to hold something mm-hmm. while I'm with my friends. But if I had the non-alcoholic Heineken, which was delicious, by the way, um, I would I would nurse it and sip on it, and it would be great. That's actually genius, Michael. That's genius. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Have your Heineken and drink it too. Yes, yes. <laughs> not, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't 
know if we're here for this Heineken robot. You know what? I live in 120 square feet in Times Square, so I don't know where I'd put it. Yeah, where I'd put it at. But I'd definitely try to win it and sell it on eBay or something for all all the cash monies, hunties. Tickets are now on sale for star-packed family reunion event hosted by the one and only Chef Kwame Onwachi. Whoa. I love him. I, I love him. Hold on. I'm excited. I'm actually very, very excited right now about this. I am obsessed with him. I'm obsessed. I need to be at this event. ASAP. Oh, well, hopefully you got the two grand to like be there all weekend, right? <laughs> yes. That, thanks, Chef, for throwing a family reunion, a very right, exclusive you. family reunion. But I still support you. First and foremost, I can't figure out, and we're not trying to out anybody here on the podcast, but I can't figure out if he's fam or not. There's a nail, po- there's a nail polish line coming out. He's got, he's got all the fabulous like garb. Like there was like a brocade. Like he's full- definitely a, fa- a fashionable man, I would say. Yes. I think he has a girlfriend, though. I don't know if he has a fiance or girlfriend. I feel like I've read that before on an Instagram caption. It may be wrong, though. But you're right. He, he has he has everything going for him. And if so, give me a call. Uh, uh, you can give me a honey. Get in line. <laughs> Group chat. <laughs> Group chat. Here for, here for it. Here for it. You know what? The more the merrier. <laughs> yes. Wink, wink. Hello. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like... I'm I'm very confused, but here for all of it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you haven't uh, read his book, uh, get on it because it's good summer reading. I am just starting. So, uh, Chef Kwame uh, Onwachi presents the family reunion in conjunction with a food and wine and salamander hotels and resorts in Virginia. And it's like a jam-packed weekend highlighting. Uh, chefs of color and just there's seminars and cookouts and there's even like a, a Sunday a Sunday like gospel revival Sunday oh service goodness. gospel choir what? there's yeah there's wine tastings there's all sorts of things happening uh, August 19th that I, I'm gonna have to start scrapping some money together ASAP I mean that's not gonna be your everyday reunion I'll know that but um, two grand may be worth it for that. Who knows? Um, the Sunday revival. If I had the two grand, I would definitely be going. Yes, but it's also hotel and flight. It's not just the ticket price you're paying for. Yes, well, the multi-day only pass is eighteen fifty a person. Reception, continental breakfast, dinner and events, uh, choice of breakout sessions, grand stage panels, performance... Lifetime Achievement Award presentation, Sunday service. So I don't think that includes stay. How about this? Let me get booked for this event. And I get get a couple tickets and we can... um, Well, I have been sliding into people's DMs to see if I can get booked, Mm -hmm. period. Because you know who needs to be there? ASAP. The two of us. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Well, listen out there, if you can afford to go to this, we fully support this. We are obviously here for Chef Kwame and everything that he's doing in the food world, especially as far as representation and the cooking and everything. And out there, especially if you live in New York, Chef Kwame was one of those kids selling the candy mm-hmm. on the subways. Yeah. To he made fun- it work. 
I love his story so much. He really shows that you can make, if you have a dream, you can make it work, regardless of where you come from and what's your story. Absolutely. 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 We are absolutely here for this, and there's nothing more to say about it than go support the man. And last but not least, KFC adapts to harsh Asian desert by serving fried f- fried chicken from a yurt. What? <laughs> what, KFC? What are you doing? What are you doing, the most, KFC? The most. The most. Colonel Sanders was definitely one of the guys. Um, because <laughs> he's always doing the most. <laughs> he's one of them. I'm telling you, he's always he's he's never doing anything basic. One of the fried chicken donuts. Like he's always doing crazy things. What's going on? Right, and now serving fried chicken from a a, a yurt. So a new KFC China location in Inner Mongolia in China serves this chicken in style. Thank you to the takeout. Dot com again. Apparently, KFC is by far the most popular fast food chain in China. I can definitely see that because I, I hear a lot of times, like even in the Caribbean's KFC is really, really good. I guess we're just missing out on the KFC fun in America, but people really love KFC internationally. Yeah. And so apparently, wherever it goes in China, KFC tries to adapt to local architecture. And I'm curious if this is the Chinese government being like, you can't come in here and put some ugly building up, you know. Right. You have to like really assimilate to like yeah. what we're doing here, what, yeah, the, which I love. Right, I'm hoping that. it's that as opposed mm-hmm. to like KFC trying to be crazy. Yeah. Um, and so, with one of its newest location in Zhangshuan, Inner Mongolia, also known as Whistledoon Bay, the nation's first desert resort, KFC has built a yurt to withstand the harsh climate of the Kabuki Desert. Okay, KFC. I may take a little vacation just to go to KFC. <laughs> I mean, it really looks like this igloo, right? Okay. Like, the, the yurts in this part of the world are absolutely gorgeous. And their original purpose was um, as a ceremonial dressing spot for the warriors. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so they're really beautiful. Yeah. This KFC yurt looks like a white igloo dome. Not on brand. Not on not, brand for the other yurts. I'm sorry. No, not on brand. But then you, I fell down a hole of what KFC is doing in China, and it's the most. It's some of the most beautiful architecture. KFC? Some, yeah, wow. some of them in China. Wow. Who's on their team doing that work? Right. The Chinese government being like, don't come in here acting crazy. No, exactly. You can, <laughs> you, you can see yourself out. <laughs> yes, exactly. Bring the chicken, please. But yes. come correct. Come correct. Bring that chicken and come correct. That's, that's actually my new slogan. You can bring a chicken, but you better come correct. That's right. Whether it's to my house or to China. Right. Anywhere. <laughs> Any, anywhere chicken is involved, you better come correct. <laughs> and with that, I think that's the most perfect way to end. <laughs> Food news update. Oh, my God. Hopefully that was life-changing and this is news you could bring back to your man. Yes, that's actually interesting. Um, Kwame's event, I want to be there, though. That sounds amazing. I'm not kidding. I've been sliding into people's DMs since I found Mm. out. Yes. Literally sliding. I heard about it a couple months ago, like, during the pandemic, but it's actually happening now, right? Yeah. Okay. So so we need to figure that out and conjure that for our selves. But I want to get back to talking about you and just you being authentically and genuinely you, what was coming out like? Coming out for me, 
I don't, I don't know. I was always myself regardless before even coming out. Um, I just, I was myself, but people knowing that I was gay. Uh, and then when I was gay, people were able to put a, you know, a label on, you know, how I behaved and whatnot. But ever since I was born, I, I've always made it a point just to show up as myself um, because I knew nothing else other than, you know, who I am. So looking back at it now, I, I, I think I was, I had a lot of courage going to high school, and middle school, um, showing up in the things that I had on, you know, behaving the way I, that I did. But I'm so proud of myself because I would never want to be anybody else but myself. Um, my parents supported me and they still do support me. And I have a community of folks that stand behind me. And, you know, whenever I need a shoulder to lean on, they're there. Um, and it's more than just, you know, Will is gay. Will is Will. Is Will. And it's not about who I sleep with. It's not about, you know, who I love. It's just who I am. Amen. Yeah. Amen. What do you think the secret is to being authentically you then? I think just not giving a fuck about anybody else. I mean, you have to show up as yourself. And if they like you, they like you. People deal with you. You don't deal with people. So, I mean, you have to just show up as you. And then in showing up as you, how do you define queer food? Queer food, yeah. Um, it's so funny, like, when people do that, these marketing campaigns around pride, it's always really funny how they market, you know, their brands and whatnot. But for me, queer food is just telling the stories um, of queer folks through my food. I mean, I'm not going to make a rainbow fried chicken sandwich, but I will make a food that, you know, one of my queer friends loved or one of my queer family members, you know, always made for me. Because for me, food is telling stories. So if I'm able to make a food or a dish that, you know, replicates the story that I was told by someone else, I done, I did the job of, you know, serving a food that is identified as queer or not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All about you storytelling know. through the food, you know. Hello, and, I mean, that's what we have to do, right? Because... Our written history is so short, and so we have to keep, you know, the it's stories It's short, alive. and it's erased. You know, our our history is has been erased or tried to be erased. Um, we've tried, we, people have tried to erase us, but every time we come up stronger and better every single time. So our, our history is very, very important. Everyone deserves to know it. I mean, fuck if you like it or not, you need to be educated about who we are and what we stand for. We've been here. We've been here, and we're still we- here. We're never leaving. Hello, we've been here. I yes. said on the podcast a while ago, I mean, do you think those men back in the day in the wigs and those like Spanish heels, you know, you know that was some homosexual. They knew being it was like, that. Being like, y'all, you know, it'd be really great to keep the lice away, <laughs> like these wigs. And like, then we could put like a heel and some really cute brocade with it. Like Those bitches were having fun. They were having fun. I don't care. You know? <laughs> they, they really are the OGs. They are. They are. Oh, but my God. But shame enough and I've been proud of it. Right? I mean, they were, right? It's all over in paintings. Right. And, right? Nobody had a problem with it back then. And I and I have to still wear that same wig. I don't want to wear the same wig they wore, but I wear a wig still. That's right. That's right. Listen, I have a penchant for a periwig every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Time and place. You know what's up. Oh, my God. Have you seen... Um, Bridgerton? Yes. Yes. Oh my God. They're, those costumes? Everything. The wardrobe, everything. But specifically, what I appreciated the most, the queen herself, in her wigs, in her wigs, but they like blended her natural hair into the wigs, mm-hmm. which I thought was brilliant. Yes. And that if you weren't looking, you could miss. But it was like really 
everything. Yes. Everything. Shout everything. out to the stylist and hair folks on that team. They knew what was up. They really had, they did the job that they signed up for. They did. They, yes. they really, really, really did. La- last inspirational question of the day. You know, if you had some advice to give to your younger self, what would that be? I always say this now, but trust the journey. Um, I was all, I'm always a, a very hungry person. I want, you know, things to be done right now because I'm so passionate about what I do. But I'm realizing now that everything that's meant for you will happen. You know, everybody's journey is different. You're not going to go as fast as your next peer next to you. But what's meant for you is going to happen. You have to just keep working hard every single day, but also give yourself grace because you shouldn't stress yourself out. You shouldn't burn yourself out because once you're burnt out, it's hard to get back on track. Um, just keeping that passion behind you and, you know, not just stressing out about any and everything. Everything will happen that needs to happen for your life. Yeah. 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 Amen. Gay men to that. Gay man. Gay. Can I get a gay man? Hey. Can, get... <laughs> can I get a gay man? <laughs> Where my people at? Where my people? <laughs> Choir in the background. <laughs> gay man. That's right. Oh, my goodness. What's next for you, Will? I am just so eager to be in New York City right now. So I'm going to keep doing what I love with food and connecting and with people and whatnot and see what the city brings to me. Um, I'm going to keep working hard. So my future is broad. I don't know what's going to happen yet. All right. All right. I love that. I love that. Well, if you wanted to know more about Will Goldman, give them, tell the kids all the, you know, the, the, the fuzz is coming for me. Do you hear it? Um <laughs> Hide the stash of cookies. Hide everything. Right. <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm crumbling cookies down. <laughs> hide the wigs. 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 Hide your husband. <laughs> I love New York City. I love it. Oh my god, I am obsessed. Oh my god, tell the kids where they can find you, where they can learn all about you. Give them all the handles and how to slide in your DMs. Honey. Yes. Follow me on all social media at Chef Will Coleman. Slide in my DMs if you have any questions, you want to collaborate, and head over to www.chefwillcoleman.com for all the deets about who I am, what I do, and all the good food that I'm making right now. I love that. Oh, and to buy some like spices. Hello. Yeah, buy some spices, buy some aprons. Whatever you want to buy, I probably have it on my website, so check it out. Right, except for those um, uh, waiting through the rain. Instead of my own waiting in the rain, going through the rain t-shirts. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. I'm here for it. Um, For all of it. Oh, my God. Well, this has been so great. Thank you so much for giving me of your time today. Thank you so much. This was so fun. This podcast is lit. Right. I am so appreciative of you. Out there, well, it's July. I mean, we blinked and we're more than halfway through this year and... Literally. We out in them streets and doing the most these days post post Panini, y'all. Once again, be safe out there. Wear masks when it's appropriate. Hopefully you got your vaccine by now. Don't forget to rate and review uh, this podcast. It takes uh, no time whatsoever. Swipe down, hit the stars, write a little blurb. Go show Will all the love all the love in the world because he is my new love. And with that, all I'm going to say is thank you for listening to In Yo Mouth!